Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Okay, babies, we're coming to you this week with a live show that we taped out in L.A. at Cal State L.A. The live show sounds great, but we had a little bit of an issue with the audio in the beginning. Uh, Just picture us up on stage in an auditorium in a city where there's like actual palm trees and weed is legal. If we sound a little funny, it's because Cal State L.A. is a dry campus and we were unfortunately totally sober. The episode is going to jump right into the first game. Because again, we lost the audio of our intro. Trust me, it was hilarious. All right, babies, enjoy this one, and I'll see you. We'll all see you next week. Mwah. I'm feeling a little peckish. I think we should start the top of this show the way any good top should with a little tease, our uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse Boosh. And I think Fran wants to amuse our booshes today. So how many of y'all heard of a game called To Tweet or Not to Tweet? Uh, it's a fun little thing we <laughs> thank do. Thank you, producer Alex. For, uh, <laughs> thank you, all two of you. Um, we, do this, we do this game, uh, particularly with live audiences, wherein we will share with you some of our Twitter drafts. So things that we did not tweet and uh, read them out loud to all y'all and to you the audience will decide whether we should tweet or not tweet so we're mm. really counting on you guys to, to ruin be... Fran's career <laughs> yeah. get Fran canceled let's get Fran canceled it's only a matter of time oh <laughs> my god um so uh and if you if you the audience decide that we need to tweet it. We are legally obligated. Yeah, obligated. just to tweet it here live on stage. So um, let's do this. Start us off, Joe. Oh, this oh. one is actually going to get me canceled. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. Jussie Smollett is a Gemini, I have just learned. Wait, actually, wait. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. That's crazy. Is. It is. Wow. It is. Wow. Well, that is breaking news. Please don't make me tweet. Okay, so to aud- your audience, let's chat this out. To please. tweet or not to tweet? Please. No, please. Uh, no. <laughs> we were counting on you. I can't critique you Jesse Smollett. Just <laughs> unanimously said, okay, well, I, now we know that we're in not great company. So um, it just it happens. Yeah. <laughs> oh! I'm done. Okay. You guys well. are just as trash as we are. It's great. It's All a right. perfect fit. Okay, Dennis, uh, please don't get us canceled. What do you have for us? Um <laughs> I might. I don't know. This is this is from this morning, you guys. The white girl in front of me in line at the coffee shop is wearing a t-shirt that says end speciesism now. Who gonna tell her that the pumpkin that's going to her pumpkin spice latte is also a species. What a <laughs> sick burn, Dennis. <laughs> Pumpkins are species, <laughs> bitch. It's true. Science. Mackenzie needs to learn. <laughs> Fucking Mackenzie. Okay. Wait, so to tweet or not to tweet? <clears throat> this is, you know what's crazy is mine also has to do with speciesism. Um, anyways. <laughs> 
People out here wondering how I can stand for queer people but also push a meat-eating specious propaganda. How could they say I'm specious? I love eating species. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, PETA is gonna come for me. (laughs) Fran actually, unlike the rest of us, has people who follow him on social media. (laughs) So there are stakes with her. I know. Okay, well, I guess I gotta tweet it now. I'll just let me do a quick... uh, Alphabet, alphabet, what is it called? Spell check. (laughs) I'm having a stroke. Okay, Teams, what do you have? Uh, So all of my to tweet or not to tweets are about chicken tenders, so. Great. Thank you for that context. Uh, Uh, (laughs) Ran into this lady at the KFC. It was a regular tender bender. (laughs) That's, okay. Uh, So so now we have a third option. Tweet, don't tweet, put it in a poem. (laughs) Put it. Put it in a poem. My phone yeah. is on zero battery, so just have to oh, do later. Oh, well, that's convenient. Yeah. Okay. I love tweet, though. Joseph? Oh, mine's a great song. I feel like we need a new term for when you're, like, fucking someone consistently, but you're not ready to call them a boyfriend. And I think that term should be bay friend. Is that the that's tweet? That's the tweet. That's a great idea. I think it's that's a good a idea, idea, right? To tweet or not to tweet. Oh, it's so enthusiastic. <laughs> and... <laughs> Sincerity, boo, no, could be part of the culture. Divided. You're depriving the youth of a D- new term. Divided. You know, that is so funny. Joe trying to construct something that's like healthy, is positive. This, no. Is this what it's I, like to have a conscious or an internal monologue telling yeah. you not to do things? I hate it. Wow. So that no, is. I'll delete it for forever. Okay. Delete it forever. Oh, wow. Okay. Bye, girl. Thank you. Claps. Okay. <laughs> All right. Dennis, what do we got? First. Um, okay, you guys. I have a little crush. <laughs> I want Jabuki Young White to climb me like a tree, use his axe to chop me down, burn my limbs as firewood, and spread my ashes all over his body because I stand a short king. Wow. He really is a short king. Wait, wait, wait. I have a question. Tag him. Tag Are you tagging? Him. Are you tagging? He, he tag Listen, him. he is tagged, okay? He is tagged. I go big or I go home. <laughs> wow. He is fully tagged. Right, the audience says tweet. All right, the says done tweet. and done. Well, we'll never have him on our show. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that one day. Nope. Uh, all right. Uh, to tweet or not to tweet. Downloaded Grinder for the first time in four years and immediately developed an eating disorder. <laughs> I live in West Hollywood for context. Um, no! <laughs> yeah. Wait, okay, to tweet or not to tweet? Tweet. The undergrads Y'all have spoken. Are bad people. That's what they're I'm going to say. Yes, they're here watching our show. Yes, they are all bad people. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that tracks. Okay, teams? Uh, so once again, all of my to tweet or not to tweets are about chicken tenders. So, um, <clears throat> tender is a spectrum. <laughs> tender is a spectrum. That's your tweet. So there's tenders, there's chicken fingers, there's uh, chicken nuggets. There's chicken tenders, there's mild yeah. tenders. Ooh, the, I feel you. The, and the spicy ones from Wendy's are so good. I love Well, those are nuggets, but yes. Oh, my God. They're so, but he, they, he's saying that nuggets are a tender in a way. Okay, so to tweet or not to tweet... Delete, delete, delete. Uh, let's do one more. It's we're gone. It's one gone. Okay. All right, we're gonna one more do, round. Um, one more round. We're gonna do one more round. Uh, mine is cringeworthy as always. Um, my favorite sex position is a wedding ring, and then it has a little asterisk, and then goes, "Oh well, very JK. It's doggy style." 
Aww. <laughs> is it really? Doggy yeah, style? I love doggy style. I yeah, didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. Uh-huh. To, to give or to receive? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. I actually oh would not. I, I would not. not. No, I had no idea. I know okay. that Tommy's favorite, um, uh, Tommy's favorite sex position is asleep. Asleep. <laughs> and you in another apartment. Yes. <laughs> Mine is answering emails. <laughs> Giving an ant job and answering. <laughs> <laughs> and sending out iCal invites. For, for listeners at home, and, Fran was riding a dick <laughs> while answering stage, emails. While answering emails, yes. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna I mean I'm pretty sure I've done that before. <laughs> For someone I, that I yes. knew. I'll have to, you know, check my and we'll see. It's I'm I'm sure. Should, should you I have. tweet this tweet? Oh, wow. okay. Yeah. All right. Great, great, great. great. That's, that's on brand for you, uh, Let me tag my boyfriend. <laughs> no. No, no. You, you want to keep him. <laughs> that's the goal. Mission impossible. <laughs> oh, my God. So true. All right, y'all. Um, this morning, I purchased boat shoes, a pumpkin spice latte, and I just RSVP'd to my friend's pumpkin carving party. So I'm guessing the ancestors are done with me. Oh my god! Whoa, 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 whoa! Is this the moment that Dennis developed self awareness? Oh my gosh! No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, 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 no. To tweet Never. or not to tweet? Wow! <laughs> Amazing. I love All right. There's like there was one person that was like, "Don't." <laughs> Thank you. Who I appreciate that person for saving me. You were outvoted. Tweet. Okay. Tweet amazing. Amazing. Update. Lots of people hitting me up on Grinder, telling me they love my work and love the podcast. But how do I nicely say, okay, thanks, but do you want to fuck? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no. They definitely don't. They it's don't just like, fuck. It's just like, I love your work. And I'm like, send a whole pic. And then they'll be like, and then they'll send one and I'll be, and they'll be like, cool, can you send the back? And I'm like, I can't. I'm a public figure. (laughs) I want to be a senator one day. So, (laughs) just kidding. Can you imagine? I mean, one day, hopefully, we will have senators with whole picks, but until (laughs) until then. Um, Wait, wait, wait. wait, To tweet or not to tweet? Oh, yeah. To tweet. Yeah, to tweet. tweet. Okay, well, this one's a, this is a good PSA, so <laughs> I, I endorse this. Okay, um, Teebs. So, do you know the country song "Lipstick on Your Collar, Cheating on Your Mind"? No. Okay, well, it's a great song. But anyway, <laughs> so mine was Off to a good start here. Uh, ketchup on my collar, tenders on my mind. <laughs> oh, well, to tweet or not to tweet, folks. I think it's no. I think I, it's a no. It's gone. It's gone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> done and done. All right. Well, thank right. you for joining thank us so on a delicious playing. little game. To tweet thank, or not. You. thank you. Thank you all for playing. Cha-ching! Get out your coin purses, benches. It's time for Penny for your thoughts. Oh, All right, so this is our advice segment wherein four incredibly trash hoe bags uh, try to give you advice that you definitely should not take. Don't. Do and not. today, we're live here at Cal State LA. Could not be happier. Have a yeah. great audience full of incredibly slutty thoughts who ask us a bunch of questions. So we're going to start with this one here. Okay. Who were your pop girls growing up? Who were your pop girls growing up? Uh, Janet Jackson and Paula Abdul. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, the context for this is so I grew up in like a cultural vacuum, like with like my like my Christian, very evangelical family was like, no culture, you can't have it. So like 
as a consequence of such, like, it took me a really long time to, like, get to, like, secular music. And up until that point, I thought Christian music was just music. Like, I thought that was normal music. And that's, that's so was, like, sorry. what everyone listened to. But, like, no, like, it, it's, like, I'm, like, seriously, it's, like, very bad. Like, I just watched Hocus Pocus for the first time last year. <gasps> I've oh, never, God. I've never seen Clueless. I've never oh. seen Ferris Bueller's Day. I've never seen all these. Like, I just found out earlier this year that um, Victoria Beckham was a Spice Girl. Oh, oh, and God. I thought that the Spice Girls were fictional characters oh. at, from a movie. I oh, my no God. Idea. That is so cute. I didn't realize that they were like a real band. I thought they were a oh. band that's in a movie. Anyways, I mean, they're, they're anyways long story short. So when I went to the library where I was, you know, reading like gay Greek mythology, I did come upon... Um, Destiny, Destiny's Child, Destiny Fulfilled, oh. and checked that bad boy out yes. at the library. And I just remember, like, uh, listening to um, "Can You Keep Up, Baby Boy," and I was just like, like astral, astral projection, like fully, like I was like secular music. Oh yeah, I am a witch yeah. now. And music. now I'm gay. Yeah, music and, makes you gay. Uh, so and, music makes you gay. And so I'm a godless makes, heathen. So. That's the second part of this question, which we can answer now okay. or afterwards. Is which songs made you realize, OMG, I'm a fag? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah so yeah. it was, it was, it was, what is it called? Lose my breath. Yeah. yeah. Can you keep? Okay, so yeah. Well, so Fran and I have similar backgrounds, Midwestern, very religious families. So I also didn't like get to secular music until I was in middle school. But then I became best friends with these ministers that worked right under my dad and their or their kids, and they snuck me like all kinds of stuff. They introduced me to Britney. They introduced me to be, um, Destiny's Child. And my whole thing was I would tell people, oh, I have a crush on Beyonce from Destiny's Child. Ah! Like, that was how story. Good taste. And Christina Aguilar I loved and also Pink. Yeah. I was obsessed with Pink. She's still my girl. I when I was in high school, I had a I had a crush on Lindsay Lohan. Oh. And, then, and then of course it's like why, why oh you have a crush on Lindsay Lohan? I was like yeah, I love her hair. <laughs> like, that's a normal thing for straight people to say. Like I love her hair. Yeah, mine was definitely Britney Spears. Just I remember slow dancing with my girlfriend in middle school and early high school and being like a rock hard and like so ashamed, but like listening to Britney Spears, it was like. It was amazing, but the song that made me realize that I was a fag was The Sign by Ace of Bass. Oh, so which you is just, I was like, yes, yeah, I have yeah. seen The okay. Sign. And it's like, we were listening in my mom's uh, Mazda MPV minivan, which had a CD player, and I thought we were so rich. I just was like, this is, this is luxury. <laughs> oh, that's Ooh. so cute. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I always knew I was gay, but it was when I insisted on performing all the dance moves to Genie in a Bottle at a dinner party my parents hosted that everyone else realized that I was gay. I see, similarly did, I didn't, I always knew that I was gay. I just didn't realize that everyone else wasn't. That was the thing. So when I was dancing to Black Cat by Janet Jackson with right. one with some of my cousins and they were just not dancing, I was like, oh, I'm different than you. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Uh, next up, what can one do when misogynist values show themselves in queer or gay relationships? Ooh. I know. Ooh. Or just like, fuck all you. Yeah. How dare wow, you? Wow, y'all are honest. Or honestly, just oh. like queer, gay, like spaces in general. Friendship. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, it's kind of like a matter. I think if you 
make yourself the first person to bring it up as an issue, you will watch people follow suit. And that is a consequence of like cancel culture and how we're incredibly cognizant of like the ways we consume news and things that happen in our society. But like, I think uh, like we have a, a great example, like in the first season of our podcast, we started to, and now we've like been not so great recently because of me, but like we took the word bitch out of our, our kind of lexicon. Mm-hmm. We, as like a podcast, we're like, let's say finch because that's funnier. And it's, it's not loaded with that kind of like misogynistic rigor that just kind of becomes the odorless gas in like every single thing that we do as you know, people. So I don't, it was probably like Tommy or one of us that was like, yeah. hey, let's say binge instead. And we all followed suit because we're friends and it really costs yeah. us nothing. I mean, it, it's it, definitely people will either follow suit or they'll like walk away. And walking away is also fine. If you like right, bring yeah. up misogyny or sexism in a space and that's a deal breaker for people, like all right. the, be- <laughs> all like, the better. Oh, yeah. uh, it sort of just shows that there's some value misalignment there. Uh, I definitely have lots of experience with this in intimate dating partnerships where it can be a lot more toxic um, where for example I've had partners be like if I dress more femme or if I wear women's clothing mm. they're like I'm not like they feel com- yeah. it, maybe it's fine in the house but then they're uncomfortable with me outside or maybe they're like mm. I don't find you that sexy when yeah. you're like wearing heels or whatever uh, and that was a lot because I'm really afraid of rejection and so like those types of intimate partner rejections were really really traumatic mm. and really hard to just be like fuck that actually I don't want to date someone who treats me like that right, right, but that right, took a yeah. very long time yeah i would just say break up with them i'm really good at breaking up with people (laughs) i don't really so this is like how i dress on the daily so those dudes don't usually come for me which is really nice but in terms of just the larger conversation because like i live in new york i'm often at gay bars um i go to fire island in the summer with a lot of my friends and like there's a lot of misogyny that happens at fire island pines sometimes among (laughs) among those men and so one of the things is that for me like i'll just sort of try and like cut it off before it begins. Like I'll just sort of be like, oh, this is really important to me. So let's maybe like make sure that we're thinking along these lines or or with these values when I'm in this space. Do you have an example of what that looks like? Um yes. So one time at Fire Island, I came I actually came into the space like a little bit late, which is what I <laughs> often do. Um to a to a party, but I just sort of like felt the energy and like when I, there was a guy there who like looked at me kind of funny because like I was wearing one piece bathing suit and I was wearing heels. And so I was like, oh, I'm bringing in the feminine energy that is like triggering his misogyny. Mm-hmm. So I just like kind of went right up to that circle of friends and I was like, yeah, you know, like this group of friends, like the guys who live in this house, like this is such a feminine friendly space. We have women friends who are coming, which is true. We had um, some lesbian friends who are coming later on. And I was like, so yeah, it's going to be kind of different for a Fire Island podcast. It's going to be a great time. And then I just like took a drink and like it was it was I, fine. I love the idea of like shooing away misogynists by like walking into any space and being like, you know what's great? Women. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, you know what I love? Like, cut it off. Women. Yeah. Women, right? Yeah. Women. And I just it's like We're not so great. We love women. Well, Fran's friends are you straight, straight boys. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Bro. Women. <laughs> I'm really uncomfortable. <laughs> and it, I mean, it's also just like not being like a lot of gay men love to joke around about how disgusting vaginas are. Oh, and yeah, when yeah. I hear oh, that's that, real. I, I used that. to be like, 
you know, like, oh, I don't want to rock the boat. Like, there are a lot of men here and they're all nodding along. But no, fuck that shit. Like, it's actually like, no, that is disgusting and fucked up to say. And I don't want to be in a space where you say things like that. So you sort of, yeah. like, rupture the seeming silence around misogyny that allows misogyny to propagate itself. Just clock it. Just clock, clock it. it. And be nice. You don't have to be like, you're canceled. Bye. <laughs> right. But just right. be like, hey, like, when you, I don't know. I feel like I hear this a lot when I when people talk about, like, like female celebrities and, like, in a particularly, like, disdainful way. And I'm like, hey, would you talk about, would you, like, say the same, right. you say it, say it in the same way if we were talking about, like, Paul Rudd or whatever. Exactly. Which you wouldn't because he's yeah, yeah. perfect. Um, <laughs> he's a little short for my time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is he short? I thought he was tall. Well, he's 5'9". Oh. Maybe no, five you just say in your, like, 10 minutes ago that you love a short king, Dennis? <laughs> I, I do, but not every short guy is a short king. Oh, my oh God. that's true. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. All right, all right. Next up, what kind of compromises, if any, have you had to make for your career? Oof. And how much, and how do you maintain your authenticity through these compromises? Compromises for career. I mean, I just don't have a romantic life. That's the thing. Like, oh. I had to compromise because I'm busy all the motherfucking time. I'm trying to write all these things, trying to do, like live this life out here, Travel. both in LA and, and in New York, and like touring and all that kind of stuff. And that um, the time that I feel like a lot of people spend on romantic relationships, I just spend on work. Yeah. Because it was like, you know, I always get this question. I go to campuses and some people are like, oh, how did you write so many books? Or how did you do so many things? And it's just like, I don't have to worry about somebody to come home and, and argue about where we're going to eat for dinner. You know what I mean? Like, I just eat where I want to eat and I do what I want to do in the daytime. And most of that is spending time in front of my computer Googling, what do people do? <laughs> <laughs> I can second that, teams because I, I feel like they're, yeah, when it comes to like compromise, the only thing I've compromised is like everything that's like not my work, unfortunately. Mm. Like, I've compromised friendships, I've compromised relationships, I've compromised, you know, interpersonal spaces and that's not something i'm necessarily proud of but um, yeah no it's, it's definitely something that you know uh i'm very cognizant of i'm definitely like that that eartha kit video where she's like compromising for what compromising for what reason but have you, know? you have you compromised more in terms of the content of your work being like oh this is more likely to get me published or writing this story will get me clicks or those types of things i think a lot about i mean as of when i was a freelancer i i think a lot about um ratios and and making work in terms of like what is is good for me and my values and kind of like my, my pillars of like what I think is amazing work and then things that are just getting me the paycheck. And, you know, when you start out, you would hope that you have at least, if you're thinking about it in terms of like fives, take like one passion thing that doesn't pay you at all, um, but you do it anyways. And then you take four gigs mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. just get the check. And yeah. as you get better and better at your job, that ratio will change, mm -hmm. right? So like yeah, it's two for me three for them, and then hopefully three for me, and then two for them. And as you get better and better, 100% of my work is just shit that I want to do. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, life hack. And I, I, in full transparency, I've worked extremely fucking hard, um, invested a lot of time, energy, resources, love, patience um, in order to get to that spot. Yeah. But that's what it yeah. takes, um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's worth it. We have one last quick one. Oh, amazing. Okay. In your personal opinion, how important is douching to sex? I don't really go up for anal like that, so not that important. <laughs> I'm not on that gay shit. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, uh, I try to free my mind of... And the rest will follow? Yeah. Right, yeah. I douche with my just cognizance. Uh, I just go... Do not know. That is flesh. bad advice for the youth. No, I mean, no, I, I, I try to like free my mind of the stigma that comes with like poo... But at the mm. same time, I will have the best sex when I just feel 
empty. Empty. Just a, an Emotionally. Empty, an empty husk of a human being. Um, so it's, it's, if I think about it as more of a me thing, to me yeah. it's really important, but I'm not doing it for because I want my partner to be clean. Like, I'll still shit on you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Physically and emotionally. Um, okay, so famous, famously, also, if you don't listen to the show, maybe you don't know, I exclusively bottom. And <gasps> I also have only ever douched the first two times I had sex in my life. And I feel like um, it's better for me. It's not the best, it's not the best practice for you health-wise, actually. And so I'm kind of a proponent of not doing it if you feel comfortable with what that can entail. I also, like, it also means that, like, I can't always have spontaneous sex because Mm -hmm. I feel like I have to do a little bit of preparation. Um, There is always, in the back of my mind, a little bit of, like, oh, something could happen. It never does. I know my body really well. I know when I can have sex and when I can't. Um, but it's just, it's, it's like, it's a complicated thing. And I have actually considered starting to douche again, just for the sake of having complete peace of mind. Bookmarked it. Um, I bookmarked it. I mean, you know, even when you douche, you know, douche, nothing is a hundred percent. Right. So like having mm. a sex partner who is not going to be upset if an accident happens. Oh my is God. So you're most putting important a dick thing. in a you're putting butt. putting a dick in a butt. Like a they're butthole that shit comes out of. Come yeah. on. There, there will be poop is my screenplay. <laughs> I mean, even, even. <laughs> Though. I mean, you have to even, even like people who do this professionally, like yeah. still poo on their partners. Yeah, like will like be porn poo. stars will still like do, yeah, and, and then reach like accidents. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you take a break, you do a flush, and yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone resumes. I mean, That's just like I, how it works. Encounter, I feel like if you encounter someone who is a top and they have a real problem with the possibility that that could happen, or someone who's like, you have to douche to be with me, I just feel like that's just like totally cancelable because yeah. it's just, it, it goes against. Biology. I'm, I'm a. T- I'm uh, my boyfriend is a bottom, so I'm a top these days. More often, um, I often I love douching. It's so erotic. It makes me feel really sexy to have douched. And then you you know you're open to all the possibilities, right? I mean, um, literally. So I think, I think bottoms should make their <laughs> tops douche. If they're douching, the top should douche too. It's you know it's just equitable. I'm yeah. a huge fan of it. Fair. It's very sexy. Bring the poppers in the bathroom with you. A nice little glass of love wine. Have a time. Have a time. <laughs> love you know, equality. Equality. This is what the future looks like. <laughs> Thank you all so much for Yay. playing. This message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor, Mercury Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury because Californians save an average of $677 with Mercury. It's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to mercuryinsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care. And even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Health care is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. 
Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. Mmm. I think it's time we get to the meat of our conversation, the thought process spelled T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T. And to guide us through our meat, we got Joe. Hi. Why'd you have to say it like that? <laughs> um, thoughts? We are about to get committed. My name is Joe. Hi, everyone. And I am a commitment addict. I love the routine that comes with commitment and the sense of feeling less alone. I love giving myself to something bigger than me, whether it's a writing project, a dick, a job, or yes, even a boyfriend. But I have to say that I've totally screwed myself over by staying in jobs and relationships that weren't serving me that were just had stopped being good for me. And I can't talk about commitment with bringing, without bringing up heteronormativity and capitalism, which teach us that the only way to be a serious grown-up adult is to get married and to be monogs and to buy a house, commit to a house, commit to a car, have a mortgage, have a family. But what if we don't want any of those things? What can we commit to outside of the heteronormative expectations? Mm. So I want to get into all insies and outsies in this conversation, but let's start. Thoughts? Yes. What is the biggest commitment that you've made so far in your life? This year I've committed to cyberbullying Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and you are holding up your end of that bargain. Yes, I am. Well. <laughs> Sometimes I wake up to a, a tweet from Teeves that's like, you up? I'm ready to cyberbully. <laughs> like, you know my phone number. You could just text me. <laughs> the performance is so much more fun. <laughs> I literally, I, I, mean, I first thought, I was like, oh, like you went to college for four years. But then I remembered that I literally changed schools <laughs> yeah, three yeah. times. Um, and I was like, no, so I didn't really commit to that. And then I was like, no, but you, you moved to, you know, New York and, you know, you, you committed to that. You were there, uh, but then I moved here. So I guess I didn't really <laughs> commit to that either. And then I was like, oh, no, no, you signed a lease and you, you signed a two-year lease. That's a big deal. But I remember that I pretty much, like, broke it almost immediately <laughs> <laughs> after, like, being there for three months. Um, so I don't really know if I've committed to literally anything in my life except for this podcast. Yeah, this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's been um, three yeah, years. Uh, anyways, I quit. So. <laughs> Thank God she's finally gone. Accepting <laughs> applications for our open fourth chair, everybody. Yes. Producer oh, Alex, get up here. Who, who would you put in my place? Who's Producer, to- Alex. Producer Alex. Alex. Ooh, or Kenya. No. Yeah, yeah. Get a token Kenya. Latino or something. Let's get Gina Rodriguez in oh here. <laughs> Might as well just get Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> I mean, she would play the role swimmingly. She could be a, she, she could be a different race every week. She could oh be my here God. right now. Uh, it is me. Scarlett? There she is. There she is. Very convincing role. Very convincing performance. Wow. Oscar. Uh, Delicious. Oh, my God. What about you, Dee? Denny's. Well, I, I was going to say, I just, like... I just moved into an apartment and I'm now paying four digits a month in rent. And that feels like a huge commitment to me. Um, and I feel like also the biggest regret of my, the biggest commitment that I regret is probably the the commitment to live in New York city because it's trash. Um, yeah. I was talking to my friend yeah. Angel the other day yeah. and she was like, she was like, it's amazing that, you know, the crazy thing about New York City is that, like, the most amazing people in the world live in a trash can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like, literally, literally true. And I was like, T. It's literally yeah, true. 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 I, like, I was telling Joe, right, as we were on the way here, I was like, I woke up happy this morning. It's like, really weird. Like, it's weird. It's really um, weird. Yeah. To live yeah. in a space that you like. 
I go yeah, home a, to an apartment deal. in Koreatown that I like being in and that it is quiet. And yeah. then like there is space. I have a huge table. There's so many things you just can never have in New York City. Your so table true. is the size of my apartment. In yeah, that's pretty much yeah, it's <laughs> really like <laughs> yeah, um, don't, I, don't move to New York. I've, I've lived in New York for 15 years. Um, I, I spend three with my therapists. Um, that is only like, three, only three. It yeah. seems wow. so long. <laughs> I, know. I know. It'll be a decade um, before you know it. I think it. the biggest commitment that I've made to myself, it obviously hasn't been a man because they always leave me. Um, well, you, you <laughs> no, it's made, not supposed to be a joke. You have made the commitment. <laughs> <laughs> You've made uh, the commitment. I think honestly, it's been to, um, my career, uh, yeah. to gra- like I did grad school, which was six and a half years. I then did a visiting professor job, and then I did a postdoc, which was another five years, which was really, really challenging. Uh, and I could have given up, and mm. I, I, I maybe should have given up, to be honest with you. I don't but know. Um, I, I ended up in a job that I really love that gives me lots of time and freedom. So it was worth it, but it was trying. Mm. It's been truly trying. Does anybody remember what Joe went to grad school for? <laughs> <laughs> the first molecular, bio, molecular genomic, astro shit, astro shitics, astro shit I think it's no, that's the technical term. Yeah, 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 yeah. Technically, technically, astro shitics, <laughs> That's just your morning practice. <laughs> Literally, um, still don't. But remember. Yeah. for those of you who are, you know, commitment averse. What is it about commitment, commitment verse. <laughs> a verse? A verse. <laughs> got it, got it, got commitment it. Commitment a verse. Um, what is it that frightens you so much about, about deciding to do something? Maybe it has to do with models, like models mm. of commitment that oh. were not very healthy. I feel like I was raised by people who were committed to making each other fucking miserable. <laughs> uh. And I was like, oh, that's what love does. It makes you act shittily towards each other. Well, um, fuck that shit. I ain't I, doing that. I, I, definitely have a lot of things in my like models in my life of the same caliber where it's just like uh that's definitely not what i want um i, I loved when joe goes like full barbara walters and was like are you afraid of commitment um like <laughs> it's, it's really but i mean friend that's such a good meme it, it is a meme um uh i'm not like afraid of commitment so much as i just find it inconvenient like <laughs> yes. i just wow. I, yes. I don't under no absolutely yeah. like for seriously sure. for it's sure. just kind of like I could date you forever, but we neither of us have to do that. You know what I mean? Like right. we can just mm-hmm. date each other for as long as we are happy together and not sign mm. any papers. That's like why I have very complicated feelings about marriage or domestic partnership and moving right. in with someone. It's just kind of like I've just never believed in the idea of like the one. And uh, mm. I, like I believe in like multiple ones mm-hmm. and different people mm-hmm. that can make you happy mm-hmm. for different stages and eras of your life. Um, and you know, maybe I'll be proved wrong someday. Um, but but, there, but I think you make a great point, which is that sometimes you grow together and sometimes you grow apart, exactly depending on what stage of your life you're in. Yeah. Right. Also, there's just like understanding that there is a difference between um, codependence and commitment. That's like something that I'm working on the daily with Dr. John to try to understand, and that the antidote to that isn't necessarily isolation, yeah. which Correct. is like the thing that I always revert to, which is like when yeah. I start to sense like the commitment approaching, it's like. Yeah oh, no, I need to be in a room alone by myself. Like, right, 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 and right, right, I don't right, think that's very healthy, yeah. but it is like, because like, I think it has to do with models. I think sometimes friendships have yep. been a little bit more codependent yeah. than productive, and I've had to break up with friends, you know? For sure. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I'm sensing that we all have 
this relationship to heteronormativity, the expectation that we'll be committed to a partner to a single job, and that there might be a lot of queer trauma around that, like that we literally like don't feel like these models have fit us or have seen people do harm to one another. And like my reaction to that trauma is to like <laughs> to commitment, like, 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 like just to I be mean, that little oh that God. little barnacle that with the suction cup head that sticks just, to the fish. Just, I just want to grow apart yeah. together. I want to grow apart together. I want to be miserable, but with you. Um, yeah. And Aww, I, know, I know. So sweet. I know. I, I, it's not good. You're a regular romantic comedy, no. aren't you? <laughs> I want to die. Um, no, I mean, what what I've been working on with my relationship to commitment is is not being codependent. Understanding mm-hmm. that that you can be committed without needing someone to not die. Uh, and yeah. and you know, it's hard with jobs because like we, because of capitalism, we all need jobs to not die. Uh, isn't that fucked up? Uh, and so that creates a really like difficult thing. It's like, we are all committed to having a salary because otherwise we would just die. And so that, that leads to a really complicated set of, uh, situations that we put ourselves in all the time. That is totally true. But I think that you, I mean, with jobs, you don't necessarily feel like you have to commit to the same thing forever. A lot of our our parents felt that way, but like, we don't necessarily feel that way so much anymore. But, and for me, that gets at like the heart of the conversation because I think my child, my issues around commitment deal with, with choice. Like you're, you're the first question uh, that you asked was, what is the biggest commitment of your life? And actually, probably the biggest commitment of my life was my commitment to my faith as a religious person growing up in a family. My mm, father was a Baptist mm, minister. Oh. He was a prominent minister in our national church. Like, I was in church three days a week until I was 18. Same. And it wasn't, it wasn't a choice right? Like it Mm. was, that was the entire, like I thought the whole world was that. I thought everyone was, was religious. It was, Mm. it was just, it was the air that I breathed. And so when I got baptized and it was really interesting because I was baptized in the seventh grade, I was 13 years old. And my, my mom had kind of been pressuring me to do that for a long time. Nothing had changed in, in my thinking. I just was like, well, I need to do this. It's like the next step. And so, um, realizing that sort of breaking free of that was a choice that I made Mm. and realizing that I had agency was a really big deal. And for a long time, then that meant that commitment was synonymous with not having agency. Oh, wow. Not making choices. I plus one on that. (laughs) Like, I I, I, I do agree with Joe. Like there, there is like, there's a world, like commitment can be like a, like a healthy practice and just Mm. like human nature and, and in, in, creating relationships and connections like there you know there are great things to be had from it but i like as you're saying it that is 1000% my experience as well like just uh, being inside the structure of religion and having yeah. that be what i was committed to yeah. just is a testament to the fact that sometimes commitment is not a, like can be it's bad for you in the long run. Yeah. Like I always tell people that like the experience of realizing that I like wasn't, you know, into religion anymore is kind of like, you know, you're sitting at a dinner table and like all like one one day your parents are like, yeah, we've been poisoning you just like a teeny tiny little bit every single day. Uh, and that's yes. why you've been so tired. And it's like, what? Like you would yeah. stop eating the food immediately. Like, yeah. but like you, that's all you had in that world. And I think that, you know, right. you can, you can really fall into the trap of, of, um, things that are not, you know, that you follow without explanation. I think I, I agree with that, but for my experience, it wasn't necessarily religion. It was growing up on the reservation. Mm. And so I'm like from a reservation outside of San Diego, like east of there is Kumeyaay country. And 
leaving at 18 years old. I didn't know anybody who left. Literally, didn't oh, know wow. a single person who left. All wow. of my friends were my cousins. Even if they weren't related to me, they were still my cousins. Everyone right. older than me was uncle or auntie. It didn't matter if they were related to me or not. And leaving that relative safety um, of a literal tribal society mm. was something that I had to do because I sort of started to understand. I've talked with some friends that I've made out here that are also from reservations in California. I can't speak to anybody else's experience, but just mine, which is that it seemed that the choice was always for the good of the tribe and there wasn't mm. as much of like an individual thing and because of that I knew that there were things that I wanted to do that I had ambition for that I wanted to figure out that required me to have distance from this life that I had to leave I had to be independent to figure out what it was that I wanted to do and what my favorite color was and all that kind of stuff and it and I've gone back recently as an adult and and kind of shared some of the stuff that I've gone through about writing about publishing about podcasting, all that kind of stuff. And it's felt like a wonderful resource to give back to my tribe, especially people who are young, who I would have loved to have somebody like me come to the res and be like, you have all of these options available to you. Mm. They don't require leaving the reservation because we have internet now. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, But I still, I can't imagine living there again. Yeah. You know? It sounds like everyone on the panel, in a way, the biggest commitment they've had is to like either themselves or their art. Mm -hmm. Uh, would, Would y'all agree with that? Love being committed to myself. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think something I can get on? So if it. if that's been the case, you know, most of us are in our late twenties, early thirties. Do you think there's going to be a time when that adjusts? So now, like now that we are in a certain places in our careers, is that going to turn the dial? Just maybe turn a little bit. It's difficult for me to answer this because y'all are you know ten years older than <laughs> me. But, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I mean, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like I have a certain uh, a certain autonomy in my life where I'm at very green in my career still, where I don't necessarily Does that mean have... you're rich now? <laughs> you're very green and in your I'm career. I'm wealthy now. <laughs> um, no. I, I mean, I just... It's so funny. I, I think this notion that, like, commitment is giving up hedonism is a thing that I really right. uh, take umbrage with. Like, I love having a partner. I hate going on dates. I hate meeting new people. It Ugh. is hell it's on earth. Like, the idea of having someone that I'm committed to that I'm uh, maybe not monogamous with, but, like, in conversation with about sex is, like, I get to have amazing sex four times a week. Like, <laughs> fucking sign me up for that as a commitment, you know? And, like, my boyfriend and I can go to sex parties together. And, like, that... Four it's sort times of, a week. It doesn't feel... <laughs> That feels like. (laughs) Oh my god, that is too much. It it doesn't. It doesn't feel like a binary to me. That one must uphold the notion that like you either live because the earth is melting or you commit to someone. Especially with the fucking options that we have for queer relationships, right? You can be polyamorous and commit to more than one person at a time. that resonates, Joe. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like when now when guys hit me up on Grinder, it's like, what are you into? And it's like, I want to have sex with someone who's not an asshole. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Good luck. Yeah. And, You're and, in Los Angeles. And so, so, you know, co- yeah. commitment is a solve for that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that even, you know, even some of the types of sex we have that aren't boyfriends, like fuck buddies, can be like a committed sex partner in a way where you like you set up expectations and then match those expectations and meet them over time. <laughs> Tommy Sorry. is like I a lot of aneurysm. Having an aneurysm. <laughs> Tommy doesn't want to be <laughs> obligated to anyone for anything. And like obligation is a part of a commitment, right? That you have to kind of show up when you don't want to. Tommy. I'm sorry, you lost me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, it, it's weird because I don't think. I'm just sorry. I'm thinking about you as the kombucha meme. <laughs> <Where you're> like, <laughs> <commitment>. <laughs> oh, oh. Well. <laughs> 
I don't, but is it, I don't know. I, I guess it all depends on what it is that you want. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I would prefer to sleep in my bed by myself and nobody else in the house. That's right. just what I want. But I have to say something. I'm like, committed to my that's bed. A, that's a commitment. <laughs> that is a commitment. Uh, it's, it was, there's a Drake line, right? I only love my bed and my mama. That's a Drake line. Um, Tommy, I feel like you're committed to me as a friend. Oh, but I've been able to commit to friendships. I've been able to commit to writing, to careers, to a lot of other things. But for whatever reason, and this is something that I talk about with Dr. John all the motherfucking time, is that once it starts to get to that intimate sexual thing with the relationship on top of it, Uh, it just, all of a sudden, the alchemy of it changes. Oh. You know? Yeah. Hmm. No, it's, it's... my biggest challenge with commitment, because um, I have made I have made significant commitments in my life, but there was always some like thing at the end of that commitment, and it was never something like just like like being in a relationship for the rest of my life. It hasn't been something like that. It was like oh, like when I was a figure skater, I was committed to it because I had certain goals I wanted to reach, or when I was a classical mm. musician, or right as a writer, my goal was I I want to publish a book. And you had vision, 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 that yeah. vision. And the hardest thing for me has always been to hold up the commitment to see it through to the end, because there was always, there is always an ending point, um, even if it just begins again. And so for me, it's like what I'm constantly working on mm. is, is, is doing, doing that right now. It's like with, with the book that I'm writing with my novel, because in my head, my narrative that I have of myself and of my life to this point is someone who quits, someone who like has oh, these wow. goals and then quits before when they start to get even anywhere near close to what those goals are. They walk, I walk away. Did you get that draft to your agent, Dennis? No, you didn't. Tomorrow. Ah. <laughs> that is a lie. We're in the studio for eight hours tomorrow. Know, that is a lie. That is a oh lie. Next God. week. Next I week. I'm going to. <laughs> Next week. Uh, I think something actually that, that Joe is touching on that you're maybe touching on a little bit too is that, you know, just because you've opted to commit to something does not mean you're depraved of like joy or like changes mm. of pace or things or like different things that like enter your life or what's what have you you know yeah. like esther Perel always talks about how like you know relationships require surprise and Ooh. like sparks of mm. things that are completely different mm-hmm. no matter what the nature of your relationship yeah. is whether you're monogamous whether you're monogamish whether you're married whatever um and how you know you can still be committed something but introduce surprise surprise delight Things that change the pace. Friend of the pod the ways that you do this. Um, friend of the pod, Tina Horn, uh, was talking to me about her relationship actually, and she was saying that relationships are so hard because they require two op- oppositional things. They require safety and uh, newness at the same time, right? And so it's like really hard to bring those together and com- commit to that. I think one thing I'll say um, before I ask my last question uh, is just that just because you commit to some, you're not a weak person for committing to something and deciding that it's not healthy for you. As an Irish Catholic, I was raised with the ideology that the commitment is what makes you a person, that if you commit to a marriage and don't stick in that marriage, even if you're unhappy, that you're a bad person, mm-hmm. right? That sort of mm-hmm. commitment to family and commitment to a, even a bad job, uh, commitment to these things is like what makes you a good person and so it's been a lot of unlearning for me i stayed in unhealthy relationships because i believed that i was a failure if i quit it and so actually um that is an unhealthy relationship to commitment and and with that we'll kind of end with the question of like what is something that you've committed to that's like your biggest commitment regret I mean, I've already Ooh. told this story, but like uh, 
the first college that I went to, I chased my boyfriend there at yeah. the time. And then I was stuck in Indiana. Oof. Yay. Yes, so that Indiana. was like, I mean, really, that was like Oof. a commitment that I made personally. On like, like against like better judgment of myself, my parents, everyone in my life at the time. And I was like, I'm going to do this. No, I'm going to this school. And then it was there. And I was like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, you learn how to not do that anymore, yeah. which is maybe why I'm scared of commitment now. <laughs> I, I mean, think, it's inconvenient. I think mine came around a similar age, and it was... Uh, everything has worked f- fine now. It's all, it's all ended up okay. But I remember um, when I got to college, I, had, I wanted to go for creative writing. You know, I wanted to go for poetry. Yeah. And um, there were a lot of people at the school that I went to, and it was there were... It was my first experience of wealth, like people with wealth, not just people with money, but like with generational wealth, like, wealth and educations that and, 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 and sparkling, you know, what do you call it, like private school educations and shit like that. Yeah. And my freshman year, I was like, they made me feel so shitty about the words that I didn't know or understand. And I had that. I didn't understand that like education and intelligence aren't the same thing. Yes. So I just felt stupid. And so I I changed my major to um, pre-med. So I was going to go to medical school. And so for those four years, I committed to a science that I was not passionate about, but that I could see there was a goal. If I go to school for this long and for seven years and I do this residency, I'll be a doctor. I could write for the rest of my life and never be a poet. Or right. no, and never know if I'm good or whatever. And again, what you were talking about, D, with visions, like having a vision for your career, that's always been, I had that vision when I was 15 years old. I've always wanted to be a professional storyteller. I wasn't always sure how I was going to get there, but I got there, goddammit. But like with relationships, what's the goal? What's the goal, Ooh. really? Because if we're not like getting married and having kids, which I don't intend to do, no. what is the goal? I mean, my especially is when the world is very small <laughs> hands, right so I can take his fist. That's the goal. <laughs> Taking that fist you is can, a good you goal. Can, you don't have to commit to the fist. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you actually do. I, you really, really do. I am committed to not <laughs> so, encountering the fist. So thank you very much. So, Tommy, it sounds like what you're bad. saying to this group of students is quit school. <laughs> I think. Is that right? That's no, the message we boiled down. Producer Alex, we have the check, right? We yeah. have the check. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like, uh, then many years later, a few months ago, I saw one of these people who made me feel awful at the airport, LAX, going back to New York. And he was like, I'm going to this family reunion in the Hamptons or whatever. And I was like, great. What are you doing? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm out here writing a movie. And he was like, oh, yeah, I kind of want to write movies soon. And I was like, no, I was actually commissioned to write a feature. <laughs> by a production company. He's like, oh, cool. Well, how did you get that? And I was like, well, I had this book come out. He's like, oh, you have a book come out? I was like, I've had four come out. Thank you. <laughs> and he ain't shit and he ain't doing shit. So yeah. there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that is Commit to something beautiful. if it can develop spite against your enemies. <laughs> oh, I so can th- commit to revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm feeling full, but I can still fit one thing inside of me. Dennis knows how I feel. (laughs) But you don't want a fist. You're lying to yourself. I've I've been curious a few times. What about a very tiny fist? My boyfriend's hands are so small. I just, it just doesn't sound right. It just doesn't sound right to me. It, it, it just, is mm-mm. not of God. It, it, you said it, you love a PBR. It doesn't so. feel right until you get to the wrist. No. And once you're at the wrist, you're all right. All right, so our dessert today, <laughs> capping off this episode with the movie, 
Hustlers. Woo! Which I have seen nine times. Wait, literally nine times? Yeah, nine times. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And it's the one movie I've seen this year because I see one movie a year. Proud of you. Culture. What did you like about the movie Hustlers, Tommy? I thought it was a really well-paced movie. I thought the story, the plotting was great. And also, I think, like, I've seen some of the criticisms about it's, there's, like, sort of a lack of stakes or a lack of engine in its plot but I think what it did was it, it didn't have as much plot so that it could do more character development. It did a lot and like god forbid like women characters develop like <laughs> seriously like people yeah. that's just like not a lot. Mm. I mean if you look at the criticisms or if you look at actually like the ways people are praising J-Lo and like what is a triumphant role it's because this is finally a movie that's worthy, worthy of J-Lo <laughs> like she's only ever been in like Gigli and like Made in Manhattan so like those like characters like didn't get to develop and now she's a female director who's willing to take her story and like let it grow yeah yeah and i love that they worked with um actual sex workers in the writing of the show amazing one of my favorite um writers and sex workers is jack the stripper jack Um, oh my gosh she was a consultant on the show definitely check them out on and um, she's in the movie it and uh, J-Lo like motorboats her or yes! something it's so it's good it's so good so like you know the due diligence was there to tell the story in a way that you know gives money back to the community of folks that you know represents the the sex workers um, who are doing that type of work all the time yeah I love it yeah. and they did you know there was I mean uh, the, the criticism that Jack brought up that I thought was amazing because she's like let's celebrate this movie but also like it's fucked up that they rented out a strippers club and none of the the sex workers were paid. Yeah. Um, and so after the debut of the film, they brought like after parties to strip clubs and spent like trillions of dollars in yeah. tips, just yeah. like, th- you know, throwing dollar bills, you know, they great. immediately wow. trying to, um, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, Have you so seen it yet? Dennis? In full and full Dennis style. I have not yet seen Hustler. No! <laughs> um, but I am but, on our group text but where I have everyone talks about it all the time. Well, no, I'm just super you excited like to see you've it. Seen it. Yeah. I feel like I've seen it. I'm super excited to see it. I really love Kiki Palmer. I love Constance Wu. I love the fact that Lizzo's in a fucking film. And I have to say, I love a lot of J-Lo films. Like, I'm basic. I love I them. Monster-in-Law, one of my favorite movies. Oh, iconic. And I iconic. feel like... I feel like my whole life, people would always be like, J-Lo, she's not really a good singer. She should just stay, or, or actress, like she should just stay in her lane and like do this shit. And so the idea that she's done something that a lot of people are saying is potentially Oscar worthy, like I really love that she's getting the opportunity to, show, to showcase talent that a lot of people didn't like think she had. And as a queer person of color, I feel like that's just part of the narrative of like, that has been there in my life. So I really am excited to see it, but I'm kind of holding off um, until I finish my novel as a reward. I'm sure it's like a reward. Probably three years after that, because I typically watch things four years after they come out. <laughs> Kiki Palmer is a triumph. Oh my God. She's so good at this movie, but I will say without spoilers, if you haven't seen the movie yet, that like the JLo's entrance. Oh my God. I am. I am. Oh my God. I'm Ooh. not like a verbal movie. Like I watch all movies alone. Like I'm not, it's very difficult to even like make me laugh out loud. Like I'm just not reactive. And like when JLo, enters. I was just like eating popcorn. I was like, oh man, there's J-Lo. Wow. That's, oh. 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 I'm like throwing dollar bills at the screen. Just like completely involuntary shrieking at like among like all, all the patrons of this movie theater. It was an out-of-body experience. She is 
Amazing. Yeah, Amazing. and also I think like a lot of the characters got room to breathe. I mean, like yeah. Kiki had some great moments. Lily uh, Reinhardt just yeah. is her spontaneous throwing up. So, oh, <laughs> so funny. Um, uh, Cardi had a great moment on it yeah. too. Cardi played Cardi. Cardi was just perfect. As always, yeah. It was all you so needed. Good. The Usher cameo. There's something mm. about like um, there. This happened in the Always Be My Maybe, where Keanu Reeves makes uh, uh, an entrance as Keanu Reeves in the movie. That's uh-huh. hilarious. That. Usher as Usher in this movie was also pretty fucking yeah, great. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, oh, so wow. good. I mean, yeah. yes. Let's just go see it after. Yeah. Yes. Let's go. Oh, also the music was oh, fantastic. They got God. so many artists who had never licensed their songs to features before to do it. Fiona Apple. Fiona right? Apple. They had to get Janet while well, Janet was on tour to be like, because it starts off with Control, which is one of my favorites. <laughs> I told you, Janet's my girl. Control was in there, Miss You Much. It was just yeah. like wonderful. And uh, they got it last minute. And the person who was in charge of the music for the film and, and the director, they had no alternatives. Yeah. They were like, if they don't license right, right, these right. songs, we don't know what we're going to do because we have choreographed Jennifer Lopez to this Fiona Apple song, right. Criminal. And if it doesn't work out, we have no alternative. Wow. And they, it all came through. Sometimes, oh. like, within the span of, like, two weeks before the premiere and stuff yeah. like that. So, like, the music guy was, like, shitting. <laughs> uh, but it was it all worked out for the best. And oh. I think it's just wonderfully scored and yeah, acted and mm-hmm. plotted. All right, so uh, thank you, Cal State LA, for you! coming out to our show. Um, and, uh, you know, this episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rose. Water. And- oh, my God. Dry <laughs> so campus. Right, we had to do it. dare you? <laughs> Wine <laughs> is literally in our rider. <laughs> so stupid. Don't be stupid. I quit. Be grateful. <laughs> so thank you to uh, Water, uh, Cal State LA, our new home at iHeartRadio. Our producer in the front row is the J-Lo to our Constance Wu. <laughs> Alexandra De Palma. Our production manager is our white clock queen, Elizabeth D. Our social media manager is literally in a screening of Hustlers right now, probably. It's true. Christina it's true. Tucker. Um, subscribe, rate, and review us five stars on iTunes, or uh, I'm, well, I was going to say, or I'll go Cyber Bully Joe, but I'm going to do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tommy Teebs Pico. That's T A at Hey Teebs, H E Y T E. BS on all relevant social media. I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squish Co. on Venmo and Venmo only. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Dennis Norris II, and you can find me on Twitter at the Earl Den Den, T H E E A R L D E N D E N. And I'm Joseph Osmus, and you can find me at www.josephosmondson.com I'm not used to doing the show sober so oh, it's, yeah. it's weird for me it's a tongue twister uh, find us on Instagram as gay sluts who read or gay sluts whore ad however you like to pronounce that uh, join us on Facebook and Twitter at food for thought pod where each week we pin some questions at the top of our page to continue the discussion of this week's main topic uh, sign up for our newsletter to see a list of everything we're consuming and some extra delectable content <laughs> at foodforthoughtpodcast.com <laughs> and finally send your questions thoughts concerns and dick pics to thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com as always that's food the number four and thoughts spelled how t-h-o-t thank you so much Let's go get wasted. Yes. Yes. And corn dogs. Shots backstage.
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.